Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. What a coincidence, I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Now, long, long time fans of Sword and Laser know that we traditionally have started off with what are we drinking, but just to show that you're never too old to learn and expand, we've we've renamed what are we drinking for this week. <laughs> to what? For this week only? Well, we'll see. We're we're trying it out. Uh, uh, So, Veronica, what are we ingesting? (laughs) Um, I most recently tonight had a toffee almond cookie from Purebred. That sounds amazing. Which is a local local, um, local bakery. Mm, That that sounds delicious. Um, I had breakfast for dinner. Wonderful. A What'd ba- you have? A bacon, egg, and cheddar wrap. Um, Elizabeth said in chat, uh, lol, that was terrible. Um, I uh, Tomahome asked, which orifice? I think we're going to have to um, <laughs> wordsmith this a little bit. Okay. <laughs> wordsmith right. this title. That's fair. That's fair. No, that's why we didn't promise. We, we didn't close the door. Um, we, we do want, I think the thing we can agree is we want to expand it to beyond just drinking. What are we imbibing? Is that drinking only? Imbibing, imbibing does imply drinking. Does it imbibe, in, imply drinking? Okay. Mm-hmm. What are we um, sticking in our mouths? What am I smashing into my face? <laughs> what are we wrapping our Consuming? lips? Oh God! Oh God! Um, we have to put a NSFW tag <laughs> no, we gotta on be, this show Yeah, now. I need to pull out. These are, to you. these are all could be explained oh, no. to your son if need be. <sighs> um, yeah. So, uh, what are we mm-hmm. eating? I guess, what are we eating? Mm-hmm. Can cover drinking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it'd be nice to have something that would consuming. They like consuming, consuming. Sarah, what are we consuming? Sarah and Elizabeth, because we're consuming books with our brains also. Oh yeah. And it kind of leaves it open for wider, wider answers then. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Leaves it open. <laughs> sure no, does. No, I, I did it to myself. Now I can't say anything without Veronica going, uh-huh, uh-huh. I see what you mean by that. And I'm like, no, no, I stopped right. the bit. I'm really just talking now. All right. Enough about the uh, the sausage and how it gets made. Um, <laughs> let's move on to <laughs> the quick burns. Ah, big news. The biggest news of the week, of course. Thank you, Rob for putting together once again our vote in March tournament style to narrow down 16 books to the one pick we will crown as our April read. Some say this is madness. We can only say it is in March. But to get those 16 books, we need your nominations. So head on over to Sword and Laser's Goodreads page, link in the show notes directly to the right thread, and make your nominations. Rob has all the details set out for you there. How many how many years have we done this? I don't know now. 
That's a good question. I feel like we need a theme song. Uh, JKB instantly came up with six, and I don't know if that's true or not. He responded so fast in chat. Six. I'm like, how do you possibly like, know that? I, I, I can't doubt because it was that fast. Oh, R- Rob put it in the March Madness post, apparently. Oh, is that why? <laughs> Did he just make it up? I can't tell if, if I read JKB the just made that up. I don't recall that part, though. All right. Anyhow, um, I feel like we need some kind of theme song or jingle for this year. Like, I don't know, like, how I'm going to come up with that, but I feel like it, we need some kind of, like, March like. Okay. I found, I found my brackets. My brackets go back to 2016. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, six, eighth annual. All right. So, he was just making it up. Eight. Elizabeth says eighth annual. All right. Excellent. I am. When I saw that email come through from Rob, I was ecstatic. I like completely forgot that it it, it always surprises me because, you know, we have to start doing it before March. Right. So I'm not thinking about it. And I was like, yes, my favorite time of year. It's so much fun. And I'm so so happy that that Rob uh, is willing to to jump in and, and do a lot of the hard work of gathering the nominations and all of that. Uh, cause uh, I, <laughs> I did that the first year we did it and, uh, it's a lot of work. So, so yeah. t- tip, tip your moderator, uh, give Rob big thanks. Uh, he's the chancellor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely makes this work. Uh, and then, yeah, we all get to have the fun. Uh, Veronica and I will, of course, if you're not familiar with it, we will take all the nominations, uh, that are in the thread. Rob will compile them for us and kind of tell us these got nine, these got eight, these got seven, but we don't strictly go on the numbers. We look at what got the most nominations and also try to balance things out because we want to have eight sword, eight laser, of course, but also like, you know, we want to have good matchups and, and good good picks. So, uh, we are, will be the final arbiters on that based on those nominations. So even if you're like, Oh, no one else is going to nominate this. Why should I bother? You never know. You might, you might get in. You, never you know. might be the Austin P of this, uh, yes. Bracket. And very dated a note, reference. the, uh, the nominations are only happening on Goodreads. Um, yep. so if you are a discord member, make sure you head over to Goodreads and put your noms in there. I think that makes sense. It's just too, it's, it's too much going on. That's the on only way to, to really to keep to, it going. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm very the excited. Quick, the quick burns alone is weird in discord because of the way they handle links. Uh, but I can't imagine oh. trying to keep track of all those nominations. That'd be crazy. Very cool. Well, looking forward to this year should be fun. Louise and B-Dub both say that Boom Studios just launched and funded a Kickstarter for a new The Expanse graphic novel. Well, technically three graphic novels. Uh, We can click over and read all about those over on the boomstudios.com site. And it is pretty exciting. I am stoked. Tom, how do you feel about this? The Expanse Dragon Tooth from Superstar Comics writer Andy Diggle. Love the expanse. I am not going to be upset about more expanse. Uh, so even though I'm I'm not familiar uh, with Andy Diggle's work, I'm sure I will get familiar very quickly. There you go. Good news. Good news from the world of the expanse. Seth uh, pointed out uh, that on the day that Seth posted this, uh, which I believe was in January, uh, it was Library Award Day. And Seth says, I always check what the American Library Association's RUSA subdivision recommends as their genre books 
of the past year. For fantasy, the winner was (laughs) Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher. Nice. See, even even best of lists that we (laughs) don't know exist. We somehow have an impact on, I'm sure, in yeah. the past. Uh, and the uh, the short list, which is like the other nominees, uh, was Babel or The Necessity of Violence, an Arcane History of the Oxford Translators, In the Shadow of Lightning by Brian McClellan. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that Babel or The necessary, Necessity of Violence, an Arcane History of the Oxford Translators Revolution was by R.F. Kuang. Uh, Legends and Lattes, a novel of high fantasy and low stakes by Travis Baldry. And The Monsters We Defy by Leslie Penelope. Fantastic. There's also the science fiction winner, Drunk on All Your Strange New Worlds by Eddie Robson. And the shortlist is Breaking Day by Adam Oyabanje, Mickey Seven by Edward Ashton, The Mountain and the Sea by Ray Naylor, and Under Fortunate Stars by Ren Hutchings. Amazing. Yeah, these are, I actually don't know any of the books from the science fiction category, um, including the winner. So that's really fascinating and cool and i would love to check out more of these this is a great new list thank you seth absolutely all right and then uh ann schusler and chris k gosh i feel like we haven't heard from ann in a while okay what did i skip one you skipped you're highlighting the one you skipped (laughs) well maybe i thought that was you and that's what happened (laughs) so i will read the one i was supposed to read mark says also awarded at ala the alex awards which recognize the 10 best adult books that appeal to teen readers including a few sci-fi and fantasy titles yeah and it goes along with the last post or we could have just done it out of Mm -hmm. order uh but the among the award winners uh was the kaiju preservation society uh, by john scalzi Hey, and congrats to John. I don't think we actually, oh, we did. We totally, no. Did we talk about this last time? About his, um, his, his award? He won like a lifetime achievement award. He won the, um, like Robert Heinlein, like achievement award. Yes, we did mention that. Yes. We did mention that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Just making sure we mentioned that. Is Uh, that why we were talking about his burritos, his stupid burritos? Possibly. Got it. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember anything beyond yesterday. For sure, but I'm pretty sure. I love John, but he has bad taste in burritos. Let me just put that out there. Also on the Alex Award winners is Babel or The Necessity of Violence in Arcane History of the Oxford Translators Revolution by R.F. Kuang. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) All right, you're up for the next one that I started reading previously. Ah, yes. Well, as you know, Ann Schoisler and Chris Kay have teamed up. You've heard so much about that. Here's what they said. The Locust recommended reading list is out. We've covered Nettle and Bone and How High We Go in the Dark already from the Locust Readers List. There's a lot. We're not going to read all of these because uh, it's all sci-fi and fantasy on this list. And I, I believe they've got horror. Yeah, they got a whole horror and young adult section too. But yeah, great stuff on this list. And you can look at it this way. Only two of the books on here are ones we've covered so more so before. So there's there's lots mm. of new stuff to add to your list should you need to. Fantastic. All right. And finally, Kenley says three body problem is now out with 30 episodes on Rakuten Vicky free seven day trial. And then it is five 99 a month USD. If you want to continue, can one watch 30 episodes in seven days? <laughs> then you can compare it to the Netflix version coming out later this year. Yeah. Um, 30 episodes is actually on the short end for a Chinese show. 
uh, we've been watching on Vicky who, who rules the world for the past year. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! And, and it only has thirty episodes. Because uh, they're they're not long episodes. They're usually only like 48, 45 minutes. Um, but but there's a lot of them. So the thirty episode run is is actually just a single season in China. But I noticed this showed up on Vicky the other day when we were paging through there, and I got very excited because this is the Chinese take on the book, which is written by a citizen of China. And then, yeah, the Nef- the Netflix version is a Western take on that same book coming later this year. And it'll be interesting to, to compare the two. Uh, I don't know Here, if I can get Eileen to watch this one with me or not. She was kind of on the fence, but I'm, I'm definitely going to try to watch it. This, this, the page here says it's only 25 episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. That's still a lot of episodes. Is that because they haven't released them all? I wonder I'm not if sure. that could be Vicky will sometimes have things as they air. So maybe only, well, my mind says 26. That's confusing. Yeah. So that's weird. Is it because I'm in Canada? Maybe it could be, it could be that, huh. that they have different release schedules in different places, but a lot of times they'll either release them as they air or they release them like a week after they air. And if this was still airing or just finishing up in China, that could be why. You're not getting all 30 yet. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Interesting. Um, is it too scary for me? Someone asked in chat. Um, I mean, the book's not, I don't think. The book wasn't scary to me. I don't remember being scared by anything in the book particularly. Yeah. It's very cerebral Um, though. So I'm not sure what they're going to do to show it, which could become scary, I guess, but not it's not immediately, it doesn't immediately strike me as a scary story. I am. It is one of those, and I think we've talked about this for years. It's one of those shows where I am just extremely curious to see how it translates to television. Yeah. Um, yeah that Same here. I'm trying to think of other complicated ones that we've we've read. I think the, the hardest one was probably... Oh, sending, I'm sending back the forklifts into the warehouse of my mind to remember the book with the screaming bear human face. You all know it. You all annihilation. Thank you. That was and they fast. did turn that into a movie. They did. And they did. It was fairly well representative of the book, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not word for word on, but yeah. I don't, Tassie Dave says the Panama Canal scene is scary. I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't oh, remember. I right, remember well. a lot of philosophical discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which always makes for great TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't, don't try to explain to me why the book is scary. I probably will not. I'll, I'll probably still watch it if it comes to Netflix. I don't know if I'll pay to watch the Vicky version. version. Yeah, right. we'll see. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. First of all, thank you again to everyone who submitted Quick Burns uh, to the the thread, either on Goodreads or in our Discord. Always appreciate all the submissions. Uh, You guys help make this show possible. Thank you, Shields. Yes. Now, Barrier Swords. Shields. Oh, it's not, it's not, it's not rolling off my tongue yet. All right. All right. Good, good, good try. Uh, I'll good get attempt. there. I'll get yeah. there. Okay. You read the first one. Drake Tungsten on Twitter. Good to see you. Uh, turtle is my totem. 
said, Good news for fans of the Lady Astronaut series by Mary Robinette Cole. Book for The Martian Contingency has an expected publication date of January 1, 2024. And the date seems to be specific to the Kindle edition, at least according to the Amazon listing. Fantastic. Love it. I wonder who, I, I wonder if it's out yet, like who this one is going to be about. Um, cause they have kind of like jumped around main characters a little bit in the, in the previous, uh, three books. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to, to read that one. I love this series. Now expected publication date to me means placeholder date, which could mean it's not actually coming out on January 1st, which would be a little unusual, but that it's coming out early 2024. So if that date changes, mm -hmm. that might be why. Yeah. January 1st is very specific specific in mm -hmm. the way that makes me feel like it's actually like, not specific. Like they know it's coming early 2024. So they just put something in the database. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's my, my guess. Um, but moving on, Laura has a great post called nerdy pet names. Good people of the sword and laser. I need your help. I mm. recently acquired two baby Guinea pigs and have been racking my brain for good names for them. I love pet names that are fantasy or sci-fi references, but I haven't thought of any that are suiting yet. Does anyone have any good suggestions of names they've come across while reading and thought might make good pet names? I'd also love to hear if anyone else has pets named after characters from books. I love it. Uh, John Toloni uh, had great suggestions right out of the gate. Castor and Pollux. Well, also Luke and Leia, if they were from the same litter. Luke like and Leia. Twins. Mm -hmm. Apollo and Athena. Lessa and Falar, Bender and Fry. This is, you know, we don't know the sex of the guinea pigs. Um, mm. She and if that matters or not. So I think I think keeping it open is is more interesting. I mean, we named our first uh, girl dog Django after mm -hmm. Django Fett. Uh, we named our our most recent dog uh, Ray which sounds like a guy's name. And I always had to explain she was a girl. So, you know, I'm probably not the best person to ask on that subject because we just apply I like names. It. We're no, like, I love whatever, it. this is your name now. Totally. Uh, and boy dog Sawyer is Sawyer after the character <laughs> from Lost. All of ours are characters from, from movie or TV though. We haven't done any book names specifically. I really like, I really like guinea pigs. <laughs> Um, so that, that's my only comment to this thread. I Lisa, think there are, I love Lisa. She's like, I named four of my rats, Isaac for Newton, Higgs for boson, Bucky for balls and quark for particles. That's adorable. I love those. Those are great names. Uh, I can't wait to see. I, I haven't gone all the way through the thread to see if, if Laura came up with any, any names that suited them yet. Fred and George is good too. For like, like the Weasleys. Mm. I don't know. I don't. How many Weasleys are there again? So many Weasleys. So many Weasleys. There's an infinite number of Weasleys. <laughs> it's Weasleys all, right, well, all the way down. All the way down. Ooh, show title. Yep. Show title apropos of absolutely nothing. I knew it was the show about. title as it was coming out of my mouth. All right. And then we discussed briefly um, choose your own adventure books in a recent episode. And I can't remember why we were talking about it. I think it was listed as like other types of books we could read. Yes. It was like part of that conversation of like of doing non-regular novel stuff. Yeah. And then we 
talked about, well, what are some good examples of mm-hmm. Choose Your Own Adventure? Because it's been a really long time, at least since I've read it. And there were some suggestions at the time. Um, but Jan says, uh, as a child and teen, I loved Choose Your Own Adventure style books like Fighting Fantasy by Steve Jackson and Ian Livingstone, the Lone Wolf series by Joe Dever, or the solo adventures of German fantasy RPG, The Dark Eye. In fact, those books is what got me into role-playing games. And I was wondering what books in this, quote, genre you can recommend. Modern ones and older ones that still hold up. I would love to re-enter that space. And it sounds like there's actually a lot more than I expected. Like Mark, for example, and this thread is actually like almost a month old at this point. So there's a lot of suggestions here. Uh, Mark says the only game books I've read are Star Trek Voyage to Adventure by Michael J. Dodge and Star Trek Phaser Fight by Barbara Siegel. Um, The first book has 46 endings and the second has 28 endings. Both have terrific cover art. Uh, Michael Dodge is a pseudonym of John M. Ford, who has written some terrific science fiction fantasy novels, including a couple of very entertaining Star Trek novels. I liked Silvana's uh, Can't Recommend The Wandering by Intan Paramaditha, highly enough. And it's, yeah, it's the... Uh, you've grown roots, you're gathering moss, you're desperate to escape your boring life teaching English in Jakarta to go out and see the world, so you make a Faustian pact with a devil who gives you a gift and a warning, a pair of red shoes to take you wherever you want to go. But where will you choose? Awesome. Yeah, so definitely check out this thread if you're interested in revisiting Choose Your Own Adventure novels, something that I haven't thought about in many, many decades. All right. Well, now it is time for our check-in on our book of the month, which is Nettle and Bone by T. Uh, T. Kingfisher. Um, I have. Uh, this is not going to be spoilery. Non-spoilery. Um, we're not, we are worry. not at the wrap-up episode yet. Um, we are going to talk about things that happen in the very first chapter. That is not any more than what you would have read on the back of the book jacket. Um, so I, I consider this to be very safe territory. <laughs> if you don't want to know anything about the book and you haven't started it yet okay don't listen that's fine i mean Come i suppose it it's after a, you've read the first a, chapter a weird bit of a spoiler to say the things we mentioned in the kickoff last time i thought were more spoilery than they were i didn't think they were spoiler because they were right off the book description mm-hmm. but i was like oh okay so they're giving us a little peek into the story they happen in the first three pages like you're oh. not there's, there's so much else that's happening so, yeah. So the funny thing was, is, you know, Tom and I have noted that we've, we've, um, there's been a lot of like <laughs> traumatic storylines in a lot of our books recently. And I think perhaps I chose this to be like, oh, you know, this is kind of like, people call this like cozy, you know, like it's, it's a fantasy novel. It's got a female heroine. It's like, you know, whatever. It's like, it's something more along the vibes of like, Fun, a, a fun, comfortable read. Yeah, something that that you know probably isn't going to be controversial. And to be fair, uh, looks like most of you are enjoying it in in that vein, and we're, we're very happy about that. Uh, however, just for context, <laughs> uh, my dog Ray that I was just mentioning moments ago uh, got cancer, got diagnosed with cancer in April, uh, and uh, she sadly died on December twenty eighth. Uh, mm. It was very hard 
for me to deal with because she was particularly my companion. She used to be in here while I was recording Sword and Laser. Uh, And so I sit down after Mm -hmm. last week's episode Two weeks closer to that date, so I've I've had more time now than I had then uh, to to you know have put some time away from stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and I I immediately text Veronica. This book begins with a person building a dog out of the dead bones of dogs. <laughs> At least yeah. it's making me laugh now. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so I did that. Uh, that was my pick. It was um, it was fine. Is it is a great pick, and in fact, in most ways, it was like, oh, I just wish I could do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was irony. Um, I'll be honest though, um, Bone Dog's pretty great. Love Bone Dog's Bone, a great character. Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is, uh, this is kind of aligned with what I was saying earlier about, uh, Grim Cozy, you know, the, the, everyone in the chat is talking about Grim Cozy tonight. It's really fun. Um, so Ruth says the announcement of this book is our February pick sparks some discussion about whether or not it counts as cozy. That's C-O-S-Y or for y'all Yanks, C-O-Z-Y. Mm. Uh, it actually reminds me, Ruth says of the pick from last February, the Empress of Salt and Fortune in combining elements of both grimdark and cozy. The first chapter is a good example. It starts with our heroine digging through a, as we mentioned, a pit full of bones, engaged in the impossible task of assembling a bone dog. She is miserable and expects to die soon. We learn that the contents of the pit reflect the progression of starvation as people first ate cows and dogs and each other. So far, so grim. Then when she does assemble the dog, it runs off. All is misery and despair. But then it comes back again. The good bony dog returns and our heroine has a new companion. This, Ruth says, I think, is a crucial moment that tells us what to expect of the book. There will be darkness and despair, but there will also ultimately be hope and occasional bursts of joy. This is a world where bad things happen, but good things happen too, where a character can find a pit full of bones and make a new friend. When life gives you bones, make a bone dog. Make a bone dog. That's also a great title. (laughs) I think uh, that's a better title. We I have, think it's- uh, uh, we have, we have competition. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to decide. You already know if you're listening to this on demand, we don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I really liked that. And then there's another quote from, from Ruth that I, that I thought was, was really telling and touching. That's the key to Grim Cozy. It's a world where bad stuff happens, but there are good people trying their best. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, I would say Grim Cozy doesn't wallow in the grim. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't get graphic the way like a Abercrombie I think, book. Would. I think someone said I think that's the difference between that and Grim Dark, where the world it's a world where bad stuff happens and people are generally dicks. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like I think that kind of that makes makes sense of those things. Yeah. yeah. Uh if anything, and I and and this is not this is not my final word because I haven't finished the book. Uh, but if anything, it's odd that so much more seems to have happened before the story starts mm-hmm. than happens along the way. Uh, because this is very much a journey character oriented. If we're, we're if we're talking about the doorways into books again, 
This is if you're into characters, this is your book. Uh, if if you're into uh, the other doorways, you know, plot and story and writing and all that, um, there there's still entryways in you. But the big the biggest door is the characters. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I loved this book. I am very stoked that it, that I picked it. Um, if I do say so myself, I guess. Um, but it because it because it made me excited also to read more of T Kingfisher because I've heard that. Uh, like Ian in the chat and tons of other people were saying it really fills that kind of like Pratchett void in their lives right now. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of the characters are straight out of Pratchett. Yeah. And so I, I like that and it, it does, I, I get that sense. And I, but I also don't want to reduce T Kingfisher to just being like a, a, a Pratchett replacement. I think that she's bringing a whole new twist on it, but it does give you that like warm, fuzzy, like, this is, you know, serious things happening to people, but it's also like, I love these characters and I want to give them a big hug and, and be with them, be around them, hang out with them, go through this with them, um, which I think is pretty cool. One, one of the ways I've been evaluating books uh, and is, you know, do I, what, what is my listening habit when I do the audiobook? you know, what, mm-hmm. and, uh, and for this one, it has been my nightly appointment. So I'm not liking it so much that I'm finding excuses to read it. You know, I'm not like going with well, some books. If I'm really into them, I'm like, I'm going to have to vacuum now so I can read the book. Uh, but it is definitely the thing I do when I, when I go to bed uh, every night, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to go read now instead of I'm going to go to bed and then do something till I fall asleep. It's like, I'm going to go to bed maybe a little earlier than I would have yeah. so that I can read this. Uh, it's, it's, it's very comforting as a like last thing I do in the evening before I go to bed. I have, I, I inhaled it on my flight down to Mexico. Oh yeah. So that was, yeah. So I had read like the first 30% and then Uh I just read the rest of it like in one sitting. I'm very Um, close to the end. Uh, In fact, I'll probably finish it tonight. Oh, you haven't finished it yet? Okay. Yeah. You got to finish it. Okay. Sorry. I assumed I made assumptions. 50 minutes from the end of the audiobook. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All righty. Well, I think that about wraps up this episode. It does. Um, we did read Bone Dog is Welcome at My Dog Park. No, we didn't. Oh no, we didn't. no. We have what we gotta we gotta read that from Calvi. Okay. Uh, Calvi yes. said I finished this yesterday and absolutely loved it. This is a great pick, and I am happy I picked it up. The found family and the humor helps balance some of the dark, grim parts. If you're on the fence, pick it up and read it. I also found the everyday discussions or Mara's inner running dialogue about childbirth very enlightened. The interweaving of this position about the requirements of women and the dangers was subtle, but spot on. Sometimes with authors that try this, it is so heavy handed, but not here. I even stopped to take a quote that we won't read because it would be spoiled. No, I don't think it is spoilery. Oh, um, I read I it already. And I think it's, I think it's safe. <laughs> it, the quote is, this is from from Mara, the main character, who says, then again, peasants and princesses all shit the same and have their courses the same. So I suppose it's no surprise that babies all come out the same way, too. Having thus accidentally anticipated a few centuries worth of revolutionary political thought, Mara got down to the business of boiling water and making tea. Oh, uh, yeah, that's not particularly spoilery unless you're like, oh, no, now I know a baby happens. But, but <laughs> something yeah. babies happen in this world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, I, I loved that. Uh, having thus accidentally anticipated a few centuries worth of revolutionary political thought. That was that was nicely, nicely done. And um, actually, the other the other quote unquote spoiler from this thread is also not very spoilery. 
Um, but the uh, but Calvi says Bone Dog is my favorite impossible task and a very creative part of the storytelling. My only sigh was his name, especially after the Dust Wife said dogs have human names. It's what keeps them from being wolves. Yeah, but Bone Dog could be a human name. It could be a human. Name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. I, it's German. Bone. It's better than like Greg. No offense yeah. to Greg's, but I, I don't mean the Greg is a bad name. I just mean mm-hmm. a bad name for a bone dog. Not all Greg's, Veronica. <laughs> oh, geez. This is why having a podcast is hard. Sorry, uh, Greg's. I uh, I feel like bone dog would make a great like college nickname for someone too. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> In which case, it's been a human totally. name. There you go. There you go. All right. On that note, uh, we will wrap up this episode. Um, Our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Thank you so much to the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter, when Twitter works, at swordandlaser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser or on our Discord. We'll see you there. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Later, bone dog. (laughs) What up, bone dog? What up, bone dog? Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.